Come on, Joel. This is this isn't kindergarten. This is the big leagues. This is professional podcasting. Sort of. So so I shouldn't be eating paste right now? <laughs> if you gotta stop, then I guess I do too. destination we are fast karate for the gentleman about to be killed by the toxic gases of an inhospitable planet this is your podcast for a date in the future of which we are not sure in the future saturday is a nebulous time where dates are not always sure yeah we hit up uh this like after work like a happy hour karaoke place the other day on um, Aaron's impetus. It was pretty awesome. Really? Like it's every, most most drinks and the room itself were half price during the happy hour time, and the song list was unbelievable. They had Thunderstruck. Are you serious? Yeah, that sounds amazing. It was pretty awesome. Was it in Koreatown? I don't really know where stuff is. <laughs> I don't think it was Koreatown. I don't even think it was Chinatown. But I still haven't really figured out the geography of New York. So, basically, I know things by subway stops and not by neighborhoods. But whatever. It was awesome. And they they had this, like, full complement of uh, Tenacious D songs. Yes. The, like, more than one Violent Femmes song. What, which it one? Was crazy. Blister in the Sun? Uh, they, I, I actually don't think they even had that. How is That's They had Kiss Off. Oh, okay. I sung Kiss Off because that's, like... I like that song a lot. But they also had, like, Added Up and stuff like that. They had multiple Tupac songs, which is enough to keep me happy. And, in fact, I sung multiple Tupac songs, much to the chagrin of our audience. And plus, there were only five of us, so we got so many songs in. Graziella even sung, and she hates doing that. Sweet. It was a good time, and it only ended up being, like, 15 or so bucks per person. And that was with the alcohol. Wow. That's, like, basically going to see a movie. Yeah. I mean. Yeah. Except it's so much more interactive. The only problem was it was over too soon. Because you can only stay there from 4 to 7. And then it starts getting expensive. Oh, yeah. But it was it was good while it lasted. So I'm not complaining. Who knows? It's Fast Karate for the Gentlemen. The show where we ramble a lot because we don't always have a lot to say. But I think we might be able to fill up this episode. Talking about... Oh, wait. But um, are you doing anything tomorrow night? Am I doing anything tomorrow night? Yeah. Could you potentially clear some schedule? Uh, I could, like, th- around 9. Why? Okay, I'll talk to Paul. That's when Paul. That's when podcasts are going down regardless. Okay. I think the plan is to do Hard Target and Running Man. So if you want to get in on me, 
obviously you're invited to both, but I think I know which one you would choose. Running man. Could you only get one? Was there ever right. a question? So I'll talk. Hard target? I'll talk to Paul about it tomorrow. All right. I mean, hard target's awesome, and it has a gun that blows up everything. Isn't that, that's the one but, where he punches a snake, too, right? There's only one movie where Jean-Claude Van Damme rocks a mullet that hard and punches a snake. And I'm pretty sure it's hard. I guess. I'm pretty sure it's hard target. I'm just saying. Okay. It's, it's been a long time since I saw that on UPN 57, <laughs> which is what comprises the majority of my hard target viewing experiences. <laughs> but, um, oh, I got to, okay, I got to remember to take home Running Man tonight or take Running Man to Graziella's apartment tonight for my uh, reviewing edification. Because, look, it's not like I'm going to forget Running Man, but I want to be in top form. Exactly. Because we, we want to be invited back. You don't want to leave anything out. This is Fast Karate for the Gentlemen. We're a show where sometimes we talk about cartoons and sometimes we talk about video games. And sometimes we talk about what we said we would. I guess Devil May Cry comes out less than a month from now, and I'm pumped about that. I am pumped indeed. If you get get a video game talking about session before then, don't count on it, but count your lucky stars (laughs) if you do. What are you playing these days, Mass Effect? Yeah, that's a good game. Uh, Yeah, you, you enjoying it? I am enjoying it thoroughly. I'm glad. I love the. I just got past that. Well, not just, but that whole experience with the Thorian. I love the speech that the Asari chick gives when she pops out of his mouth. Yeah, that's really cool. I like. I really like how it's worded. I don't know. There's a lot of people sort of coming down on the dialogue in the game, and I don't understand why. Like, it's clearly not literature, and I think that's the perspective they're approaching it from. But. Was the dialogue in Star Wars literature, or was it like a pretty good action movie dialogue? And that's sort of what Mass Effect is emulating. Well, yeah, I I actually really enjoy the fact that, you know, Mass Effect manufactures catchphrase moments, where you have the opportunity to produce like this memorable catchphrase. Going back to that whole episode with the Thorian, because that's that's really the only main plot point I've gotten past so far. When you walk up to it and say, uh, that's a big plant, like you can pick that one, or that's really big, and he says, nothing's ever easy, is it? <laughs> as lame as that sounds, within the context, that made me chuckle. Yeah, because it's a giant plant, and what a perfect reply. It's like, what are you going to do in that situation? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, it's never easy. <laughs> Precisely. But yeah, I don't know why people are coming down on it. Uh, yeah, it's... The dialogue in this isn't that great. Well, the dialogue in most other video games is terrible. And guess what? It's not a book. And are you really commenting on how it's not a book? Because you spent, what, like, probably... You, all these people that are complaining have probably played Mass Effect through more than once. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so you just spent all that time playing Mass Effect and not reading a book. <laughs> uh, I'm also playing Assassin's Creed. I actually kind of like it. Yeah, I'm, I guess I'm waiting on that one. The strange thing about Ubisoft games is they seem to go down in price, like meteorically like the splinter cell games it does not take long for them to get cheap and then you just pluck them from the bottom of the ocean like so much languistino well i think it's because the uh, ubisoft it's what people have been commenting on on the forums ubisoft doesn't make games that have replay value yeah which is true i mean they're really good games but they're only really good games once you don't really want to go back and revisit them which is what people have been saying about assassin's creed but i don't know yeah i've it's a world worth visiting, as far as I'm concerned. I like stealth gameplay. 
I have a moderate appreciation for parkour when people don't use the word parkour. <laughs> I'm in favor of parkour so long as it is not called such. Basically, yeah. But it's still beyond me why this is such a mystifying phenomenon to some people. They're like, we we need a name for this thing we do where we run forward and jump on stuff. We need a, it needs yeah, to be categorized. Just be called acrobatics. Yeah. That's what, it, that's what it was when we were kids. Now it's parkour. And there are whole clubs devoted all... to running forward and jumping on stuff. As soon as they started having faux hawks and Euro mullets, it yeah. had to have a new name. That's why Bruce Willis had to kick them into the coolant fans. Just to give them a reminder. Yeah. In the giant Bruce Willis's... coolant towers for the one rack they had in that government building. Yeah, that was ridiculous. Ridiculous. So it looks like cooling towers to me. For what? You could cool that with an air conditioner. I have one. You can have it. It's like five servers. I mean, I've been in my share of wiring closets. One or two. Or, say, 600 plus in my time as a fiber optic technician. And uh, you're lucky if you have a fan in some of those places. (laughs) Like, I've been in closets with a lot more servers than Die Hard, Live Free or Die Hard. And sometimes they don't even have windows or, like, a vent. (laughs) Like, I've been in ones that are hard enough to, like, make you burst into sweat immediately upon entering the room. And they got a lot more stuff in it than Live Free or Die Hard. But whatever. We've wasted so much time. Though, can time really be wasted when you're talking about Die Hard? I submit that it cannot. Uh... That being said, we do have to talk about cartoons. Fulfill our verbal contract with our audience. Tonight's feature what is... What are we talking about? Shin Angyo Onshi. Oh, snap! Also known as when Koreas came to Japan and hung out. It's totally cool and not totally racist like it usually is. <laughs> for once, they didn't like argue enable. about that rock in the middle of the ocean that they both own for some reason. Yeah, there are a lot of countries that have arguments over that. Didn't Turkey and Greece actually scramble battleships over, or I, maybe, yeah, it was over a, an island populated by goats. Good for them. They're like, wait I'm, a second. I'm glad they have their priorities in order. <laughs> yeah. You know what I was thinking about uh, the other day? When when you have these like desert island type places, and they often have boars on them, like in Lord of the Flies or lost how did the boars get there uh maybe during an ice age arc that was actually a oh you think maybe they were they were crossable Ooh, pretty smart that's how i mean that's how they suggest like there there are fossils that may have been marsupials all throughout uh southeast asia so they think that southeast asia used used to actually be a connected landmass all the way down through to australia but then when all that water flooded it it isolated the marsupials in Australia so that when, you know, other mammals that weren't marsupial and I guess better fitted for those environments came through and devastated them, uh, they survived in Australia. I think it's more likely that island boars evolved from fish. Moving right along. <laughs> Tonight we're talking about <laughs> Shin Angyo Onshi, which is has its roots in a Korean folk tale about government officials or something and 
some guy says he's going to go out and become one, and then his girlfriend's like, I'll wait for you, but then his like girlfriend gets kidnapped by like the king, and the king's going to execute her, and he comes back, and he's like, yo, I'm one of these guys. And there's a happy ending and a sad ending. And the happy ending, as the dude was becoming a government official, he got married, so he comes back and saves the girl, but then the girl finds out he's married and doesn't love her anymore and kills herself, and in the happy ending, they get married. But I prefer the sad ending, wait, because you usually said- that doesn't happen. But what does that have to do with ghost medallions? Uh, very little, unfortunately. <laughs> but I think it mirrors the, the tale of the secondary characters in sort of the, the first arc of Shin Angyo Onchi. The difference being that the guy who sets out to become a government official in the anime gets impaled by about a dozen spears from demons who live under the sands of the desert. Yeah. But otherwise, in the stories wah, match up. Wah, 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 moment for the ages. This is how we're introduced to what what we might call an anti-hero in some circles. Might he's walking through the desert. <laughs> I hate using that term. I hate it so much because I think it's so overused and stupid. But I, I question whether or not this guy can be considered even an anti-hero. Because an anti-hero is still like sort of... He does good stuff, but his methods are non-traditional. And his characteristics would not necessarily have him classified as a hero. Like, you know, the man with no name from Sergio Leone movies. This guy, uh, he's sort of just a dick and does whatever he wants. I don't think that's an anti-hero. <laughs> well, he does good things. He freed that town from that tyrant. Yeah, but I, I think he does it purposely to hurt people's feelings. <laughs> like, I, I don't think his goal was freeing the town, because after he frees the town from the tyrant, he's like, get out of here before I kill you too. You guys were too big of a pussy to stand up against them, so I might as well just kill a lot of you. Well, no, he doesn't. He, like, they yeah, actually end up but... killing the tyrant. So he freed them by introducing them to their own bloodlust. <laughs> nice, and now they can ravage across the land in <laughs> roving bands of terror. It's like, listen, idiots, you can kill anybody you don't like. <laughs> Whatever you want. It doesn't even... You just killed your king. What's there's nothing above that besides God, and it takes like like a hundred credits at the local university to get up the level of God killer. I can prove it because I got the tri horse medallion. I like I read the the Wikipedia articles because I really wanted to be prepared to talk about this show because mostly because you said it was Korean. I never would have known if I if you hadn't told me. Well, Dave, so I want to look up its Korean roots. Dave, if we could go back in time a little yep. bit, you'll recall that I talked about this very movie over a year ago at CETACON. Really? I yeah, don't remember. They were talking about I it was this is like my shining achievement. Not really that it's that shining because, you know, there were a million other people that knew about it too. But like they were talking about how anime was changing and I brought up the point that well, you know, like Korean studios are also producing some good stuff, like this show Shim Angyo Onshi. I'm pretty excited about that because I watched some trailer about it uh, from a Japanese website because <laughs> I heard about it. And I and was like, this, this looks good. took us this long to pick up on it. Yeah. It took us this long to get it for free. Yeah. Oh, that's, that's also fair. <laughs> the waiting for the free stuff. <laughs> the story is this. Like the fairy tale, there are these government officials that walk around and do good as loosely defined as the word good can be. And... um how they do this is they have these medallions that allow them to conjure up mystical energies. 
there's ranks of these medallions. So the guy in the movie who's the main character is, as far as we know, the last remaining one of these people called the uh, Aminosas. Mm-hmm. But see, that's the wrong word. I think no, Angyo Onchi is the, the real one. And then they call him Aminosas in the dub. Why? I don't know. But like, if you look it up on Wikipedia, they're called Angyo Onchis. Well, Which I fam- think is probably the Japanese translation of the Korean. They're called something that starts with a J in Korea. But regardless, they have these medallions. And there's like, when you're like a little junior official, you got the one horse medallion. That doesn't really let you do anything. But you, as you move up in the ranks, you get to like the three horse medallion, which lets you summon almost invincible undead soldiers to do your bidding. <laughs> and not even, not much like one, like 40 of them. <laughs> All at the same time. But what's really curious is that the next rank, the fourth rank, which is the final rank, appears to be you use the medallions, not by having a medallion with four horses on it, but by using two of the two horse medallions. So it seems to me it wouldn't be that hard to accomplish such a feat. Yeah. Or why wouldn't, I mean, why would there be a three horse medallion and not just three one horse medallions? I just I just question whether or not you couldn't just beat up your coworker and take his two horse medallion, and then suddenly become a four horse medallion kind of guy. Or what if you had two three horse medallions? Yeah, would that make you like a six horse? Or maybe it's multiplication. Maybe you'd be like a nine. Can you imagine the kind of undead soldiers you'd be able to summon with nine horses? I don't even I know think, how that works. Why is it a horse? I think symbol of a strength. I think that they, my uh, six or my nine undead soldiers would be riding unicorns across a rainbow and defeating my enemies with love and also Flying swords. in the sky, it's a magical adventure. <laughs> Me and my undead soldiers and the unicorns gonna kill the corrupt king and his giant ogre guy. Even though this is supposed to be not all that mystical, it has demons and stuff for some reason. It's Shin Angyo Onshi. Well, the weirdest yeah. thing, how did this government ever fall? Because the reason he's the last of yeah. the Amonosas is because the government he represented fell apart. Where was where were you when this was happening? Because I got to imagine if where a government... Where were the undead soldiers? Yeah, if a government can employ one guy like you, there's got to be at least, I don't know, ten others. And if that's the case... Well, he... Who can... Who, he could take out a whole town. Yeah. What... The, and the, he has asthma or something, too. <laughs> He's got, like, magic asthma. <laughs> Did you catch that? He's, like, huffing on an asthma inhaler. What's that about? Oh, yeah, that is really weird. I never picked that up. I thought it was kind of some kind of whistle. Or I thought it was getting no, water like, out of the I, air. Maybe it's... They never say, like, he has asthma or that he has some sort of illness. But it looks exactly like an asthma inhaler. <laughs> maybe that's why whatever the country was fell apart. They're employing invalids. Yeah. It's like we just... His weakness. Asbestos. They were investing way too much time in warm baths. We can't afford this many humidifiers. We spent all our money on these horse icons. Maybe that's when you get up to the fourth rank, you got to spend all your time in like a bubble. Your pollen allergies keep acting up. You can't concentrate to summon the soldiers. That's why there's not that many fourth rank guys. But yeah, this is a story of a guy traveling across the world. Or this country anyway, which is like sort of fake Korea. And uh, having his fun, magical adventures. He encounters a short king who 
hates his subject and kills them for no reason with a giant ogre guy. And is also saves them in the process encounters the king's bondage harness warrior chick who is was engaged that that's the part where the the folklore comes in because this weird warrior chick was the um the betrothed or the the girlfriend of the guy that got killed in the desert who also we failed to point out uh the guy kills all the sand monsters by filling the dead dude's body with dynamite yeah well Bad i think ass. i just seen that that scene really needs a play-by-play because what happens is they're talking. He's like, do 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 and the kid's like, I'm going to be a government agent just like you are, do 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 And then he stops talking, and you're like, huh? And then a red spot spreads across his chest, and you're like, that's weird. And then he falls over, and there's a giant spear sticking out of his back. And that's when all like the little devils pop up from the sand, each with their individual spears. And there's like dozens of them. That's when they all throw the spears at the guy, and he picks up the dead body and uses it as a shield to stop the spheres. And I know, I know, he's dead. That guy doesn't care that he's now a literal pincushion. But still, it smacks a, a certain type of disrespect. Well, it's also, he then trades in the guy's dead body to ransom his own life. He's like, here, eat this guy. Yeah. He's like, I know you want to eat us. Here's the deal. If you try and eat both of us, I'm going to kill a whole bunch of y'all. But if you just eat him, I'm going to leave. But little did they know. They accept the deal, not realizing that they're about to get blown up. Because his other secret power, aside from the undead warriors, is dynamite and bullets. <laughs> and I got to tell you, if you're going to have a secret power, dynamite is one to pick. Uh, with proper applications, guns are pretty good secret power. And the the whole horse medallion with the undead warriors that's kind of just gravy (laughs) the most insane thing is so we mentioned the bondage harness chick right she's actually like really awesome but i feel like she gets less awesome as the show goes on because when she first shows up she does this crazy move where she can like pound the ground and then sort of fly forward and it looks really cool and there's this whole kind of cool fight scene going on with that but then after he meets her and like employs her she becomes, like, weird and shy. She's, like, super tough fighter chick, but she's shy. She's hurt emotionally. She's lonely. And she doesn't... She follows him at ten paces or something like that. But that's not really my contention, even though it's kind of dumb. My contention is that um, this is, like, an established thing with these people that these warriors, the government agents, have bodyguards... I question if he's the best person to give a bodyguard to. Well, no, he he clarifies that himself. He says that the they weren't bodyguards; they're servants. In Wikipedia, in the Wikipedia article, it called them bodyguards. Well, in the show, because the boyfriend told her that they had bodyguards, but he tells her that she's supposed to be his servant, not his bodyguard. So she's just supposed to do what he says. Regardless, she she acts in a bodyguard capacity. Okay. <laughs> I just, I don't see that you need another person backing that guy up. Like, the undead soldiers and the dynamite and the infinite amount of guns aren't enough. He's got, like, unlimited personal power. And he gets to have, like, a chick with some sort of giant hand armor that smashes the ground and beats up other ninja chicks. Maybe she, he just needs her around because he'd feel bad fighting a girl. <laughs> yeah, that's probably what it was. 
Well, they do sort of introduce her nemesis in the ninja chick. Yeah. Who is kind of cool, but not cool enough to fall for the oldest trick in the book. The old cloak going every which way, so you can't tell where the person is. Well, I, Dave, we also have forgotten one more power. Uh, writing stuff on paper, Kate doubles of you, or acts as a mask. <laughs> as we've learned from Shadow Skill, writing stuff on paper can do pretty much whatever it wants, though you are held accountable to the Magic Cell stock market. <laughs> And they do not take kindly after the crash of 1929. You thought the Great Depression was bad. The Great Magic Depression was tragic. <laughs> Hundreds of wizards lost their covens. <laughs> Gandalf, he was out on his ass. No, Gandalf. Panhandling. Selling fireworks for a penny a pound. I'm sorry, I'm... Wizards or what's Lord of the Rings is all I can think of because back at Graziella's apartment they're having a marathon of all awesome. three movies, and I was I was like, no thanks, <laughs> that's over eleven hours of my time, and I can't concentrate on even one movie, much less three, much less three of the longest movies in recent yeah. memory. But her roommate did make some pretty awesome egg and bacon sandwiches this morning, so it wasn't a total loss. Oh yeah, but I mean the. This is kind of the funny thing about a uh, Shing Angyo Onchi. The the whole illusion power that the guy has is sort of counterpointed with the fact that he hates illusion, and that seems to be the thrust of the show. That the truth is the only virtue, no matter what it means. Yeah. Which is, I actually really like. It's sort of set up like an OVA, even though it's not. So there's sort of a there's an opening story that takes about a half hour, and then there's like. Continuing adventures of this guy that takes up the rest of the hour of the movie. And I really like the continuing adventures of this guy, quote-unquote, episode. Like, the whole thing with the town under the um, the influence of Mandarake, which last time I checked is pronounced or Mandragora. Mandrake. Whatever you want to do, just, you know. Either or. I mean, I guess Mandragora is the Japanese term. I it don't is, really it is, know where the thing stems from. It is from. Mandrake. But Mandarake is... Uh, everybody everybody seems just, Pan, a, has seen Pan Labyrinth, right? The Mandrake was under Mother's Bed. I haven't. I mean, I haven't seen it, but what? I know what a Mandrake is. I played for Quest for Glory 1, baby. At the time called Heroes Quest. You had to pull the Mandrake out at midnight, otherwise it would like to disintegrate. I learned a lot of my folklore <laughs> from video games when I was 12 years old. Thanks, Roberto Williams. Yeah, uh, are you going to sort of summarize what exactly happens? I mean, do you care about spoiling it? But It's kind of a spoiler. I kind of want people to see it, but I I really like what goes on in this episode. Episode, whatever, in this story. And I like how it concludes. And I <laughs> yes. like how he nonchalantly shoots townspeople. <laughs> that makes me laugh. And it's not it, well, the, in the context the of the show. That it's they, not nearly as evil as you're evil. thinking it is. When he's... And you know what? You're not entirely sure. It's not, you know, you're left questioning. Because, I mean, it goes back to that whole idea of, is the truth its own virtue? So, Dave, if I were really dead, could you? would you really kill me? You know, is that is it better that I be dead? Or is it better that I live a life of illusion? You know? Yeah. I mean, that, that's the question it posits. And that's kind of cool that there's something like that in this otherwise sort of brain dead action show which is like it's a good action show but it's got its little story in here where it's like 
Would you prefer to maintain the illusion of happiness or, yeah, like Joel says, should you soldier on with truth as your guide? And it's a tough question, yeah. but I think I'd rather have the illusion. All things being equal, everyone I know being dead. I'm just saying. Well, I kind of question I mean, I guess, you know, because the the only options are, you know, uh, the illusion or death in most cases. <laughs> like, yeah. you know, the truth doesn't exactly set you free. Uh, in Shinongyo Anchi. It really gets you shot in the face most of the time. Yeah, I mean, basically, you're dawdling on under this illusion that makes you happy and isn't hurting anyone. Like, it's not like some sort of terrible thing where you think you're grinding corn, but in fact you're grinding human souls for the the human soul grinding machine that the evil empire needs. I don't know. I don't know where I was going with that. But the, you're not hurt. You're just sitting there on like your little island village, not doing anything. You're not causing any trouble to nobody. And then somebody has to break your illusion, which, by the way, you're dead. <laughs> but yeah, like oh well, yeah. You you kind of wonder if that's necessary. I don't know, but it's these these questions that keep me up at night. Well, I think that's actually kind of cool because the show posits question. It doesn't necessarily answer them, or at least you know, it presents this character who is the main character, but you don't necessarily immediately identify with him. It's it's slightly more complicated than you would expect, and I, I kind of like that. Yeah, well, I I dig it because, like you say, you don't really identify with him, and the show doesn't really expect you to. Like We've said it many times on the show, I really hate. I, I especially do not get what anime fans like in their main characters. Like I don't understand in Battle Royale, why everybody likes the bad guy kid, and that's who everybody flips out over and thinks he's, like, the coolest dude in the world. Like, this guy in this show is sort of a bad guy. He's definitely not nice to people, but I don't get the impression that you're supposed to glom onto him and be like, yeah, that's who I want to be if I had any sort of agency in my life. was a total <laughs> dick to yeah. everybody. Yeah, watch a story that you didn't feel was trying to sort of absorb you like the point of the story wasn't for you to feel like you wanted the was to sort of be the story you know it, it 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 got rid of a lot of those other trappings that would distract you from it or you know it was actually like here's something that doesn't happen to you the story exists apart from your desires in life you know wow joel that's <laughs> probably the most complicated thing that has ever been said about shin hongyo onshi <laughs> It's probably way too complicated. Anyway, he blows the last guy's body with dynamite by shooting. Yeah. Don't forget that part. And he shoots him in the head with a derringer that pops out of his sleeve, so that's okay. I'm looking at my notes. I don't have anything about, like, truth as a virtue. I have cartoon bat. That's a, that's a note. <laughs> Giant smashing heads with bludgeoning. Bondage harness chick. Beats fisherman half to death and throws his weapons into the sea. That's sort of the level of intelligence I was working on. Music by Koatani, though. He's the guy who did the Shadow of the Colossus music. And um, I Shield 21. And the music is actually pretty good. Didn't even notice the music. Really? I'd say it's, it's traditional in that way people use traditional when they don't know what the music actually is. <laughs> it sounds sort of ancient-ish and Asian-y. And it's cool. It's... Uh, sort of a departure from your standard fight scene music. Yeah, Shin Ongyo Onchi demonstrates it's... a more 
more maturity than you would expect from not... shows like this. Yeah, and it's kind of sad that this is all there is. Yeah, for real. I'm thinking about... I, did you know if they imported the manga? I would seriously consider this if it came. There's got to be enough... Inf- there's a ton of information about the manga on Wikipedia. So, there's... At the very least, maybe it's scanlated somewhere. I don't know. I didn't bother to look it up. But it must exist in some retrospect. Like, in some aspect that English fans can get their hands on. Because there's, yeah. like, a pretty big Wikipedia page. So there's just too much information for people who know Japanese to have produced all of it. Yeah, that's what I would think, but who knows? I don't know. I wouldn't read it anyway. I don't really like manga, especially not for action shows where I, I can't figure out action scenes in manga. It never makes sense to me, and it never has the same impact that the action show itself would have. But whatever. I enjoyed my, my brief tenure with Shin Angyo Onshi. The only thing I feel guilty about is this is now two podcasts in a row where we've said positive things about ADV, which or ADV products, which means clearly we're in their pocket and you guys should stop trusting us. Yeah, absolutely. That's a lesson you should take. Basically. But if you have the time, you should still check out Shin Angyo Onshi because I liked it a lot. I mean, I will say that I'm kind of... The story doesn't really matter. And it feels a lot like two OVA were just, you know, cut together. Like, it feels like two episodes of a show spliced together to form a movie it it doesn't feel like a complete product yeah and that's always the case with these manga to anime translations as we were informed long ago by internet scribe daryl surratt um you know they make these things to sell the manga and the unfortunate plight of the american fan is that there's no manga to sell to us <laughs> yeah but it, it's it's still a good way to kill 90 minutes, and I've thought of a lot worse. Whatever. Take that with you. And you also your horse medallions. As many as you can find. You're need a lot of Phantom Warriors. Yeah. static shall i compare you to a summer's day <laughs> thou art more lovely and more moderate <laughs> easy you ain't uh, no bard it's, it's, writing to another dude wait I don't, is that what I, no fooled again just like the who song of the same name <laughs>